0: i Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. Today my guest is Mark Mesidorian, who is an intuitive, a medium, a teacher, and an archangel whisperer. How would you describe what you do?
1: First, thank you for having me, Suzanne. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, I, how I describe what I do is to make spirituality simple, practical, and repeatable. Not woo-woo, but to actually focus on the substance of the work and the messages. And my job with that, or my goal with it, is to make it as clear and simple as possible. And this is done with the understanding that all of us are hardwired for intuition. So it's bypassing the old ideas that only some people can do it, and this and that. But to to meet us in this space, everyone to meet in this space where we're all tuned in, and we're all available for healing, and to communicate with angels and guides and loved ones, and to make that a facilitated and simple experience
0: started talking to archangels and ascended masters
1: well the the super short version is when i was uh 30 i had an anxiety attack which was super informative and in short there was a a, a negative energy in my apartment and and i learned how to bounce it out and in bouncing out i called in archangel michael and it worked and in a really dramatic way, and that just completely got my attention. And so I started to pay attention to angels and to learn about angels and such and to have conversations with them, very brief, but just starting to integrate them into my daily consciousness and recognizing in doing so that they always respond and um, that it brings peace. And what I find fascinating about this work is that our bodies respond to it. And from that perspective, is one of the ways that I know that we're all hardwired for it—that we all have access to this work.
0: I know that in in shamanic traditions, a lot of times it's a illness or a trauma, yeah. of some kind that is the initiation into mm-hmm. a larger understanding or a willingness to communicate with spirits. Um. Do you find that that's true in general in your work that that people come to this work because for healing initially?
1: Yes. And Michael Beckwith um, at Agape in Los Angeles talks about that we learn through suffering or insight. And usually our introduction to spirituality is from some kind of suffering, like mine was. And it basically gets our attention. It's something that the universe or our bodies are giving us at feedback that something needs to change and then we get into this space where we have to make our worlds bigger and spirituality is great for that but that usually is the initial thing but what we find is um you know america is a very trancy country and we're a very adolescent country and um so it seemed like what's it like to get out of the trance of life and see what's actually happening and we have glimpses of that in our dream life or when you know real life happens you know Birth, death, that kind of thing, or really dramatic events. But it's seeing what happens when we, in a um, loving way, really have a sustained relationship with our spirituality and let that aspect of ourselves have room and build muscle with it, especially Mm -hmm. with intuition and healing ability.
0: Mm -hmm. During the last 16 months, you have held a series of meditations in fact five weekly I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that work and and just for people who have not um, been at one of your meditations can you describe a little bit what you do
1: yeah I think it's worth starting before the pandemic which is two things I got guidance to get on zoom uh, to the point where my phone system which I used for years stopped working so I, I got a whole Zoom universe going. And then I kept having just uh, two words float in my head, health spaces. And um, when the pandemic happened, I just put the two together and started creating a space for people to go to um, be with community, but also to um, receive spiritual support. I asked for people, like, what's up? I asked people, like, what's what's on their mind? What would they like to work on with healing or what would encourage them? And then um, I gather that that information i write it down and then um i start leading i facilitate leading a half hour experience and everything that is mentioned gets covered somehow in that experience and what i like about it is um you know i pray thank you mother father god thank you archangels and ascended masters and then seeing who shows up which archangel which um you know goddess or ascended master shows up and what they do I and mean, what combinations they show up and then um and then everyone shares at the end if they want to it's a seeing where um you know it always works and just seeing the commonality of the experience where um people do feel seen and heard they do feel connected with the angels and with the guides and that help does happen but what i find interesting about it is that let's say there's you know Twenty people with twenty different intentions. All those intentions will be met somehow, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just having that facilitated experience be um, that having a health space where you are included, where you are cared for, where you are considered. Mm-hmm. That in itself is a healing. Where we where we just get into the fundamental elements of what is healing, which you know the three components that the angels talk about are acknowledgement, acceptance, and allowing. And it's recognizing by showing up, you're acknowledged. And in the process of working that there's an acceptance that something else could happen, and then we allow it to happen.
0: How is this, But you're doing, um, a kind of practice, spiritual practice?
1: It's a great question. I, I think the answer to your question, Suzanne, is, is repetition, that I've done this work for, for years and years and just learning how um one what works and um what i've learned to do if there's one thing i've learned to do over doing this um for for um, a long time is to focus on what did the angels say what are they doing If if i get out of the way if we get out of the way what are they actually telling us what are they communicating to us what space are they inviting us to join so my work has been to um, get out of the way and just, just hold space and to report what they are doing and what they want us to do. And that's become more and more fluid over the years.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you describe how you receive messages from the the spirit world?
1: There's four major types of intuition, seeing, hearing, knowing, and feeling. Um, knowing is the main way that I receive information to the degree that I will see things. It's slightly different than the straight up clairvoyance, but I'll mainly feel things and then see them occasionally. They'll um, be a sensation or something I hear. Um, but it's very simply, you know, praying, thank you, Mother, Father, God, thank you, Archangels and Ascended Masters, for the perfect guidance, perfect clarity, and perfect peace that's here for us right now. In the prayer itself and it it extends from there that there's already information coming and just seeing without any expectation whatsoever like who does show up you know and what what do they communicate what are they doing are they presenting a color are they speaking and then to just report that
0: how do you get out of the way so as to clearly hear the messages?
1: I think you could tell in, in a second what is ego and what is um, guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, you could hear the tone of it. I know from, from teaching intuition groups for a long time that you could just, it just you could feel it, you, you could sense it. And so I've, I've just truly learned, like like really, honestly, what is my job? It's to um, you know hold space and to facilitate and to report. You know, and so if I have an agenda, I'm kind of just nowhere, you know. I know what's happening in the world. I know I could listen to, you know, 25 people share intentions, see a commonality in it, see a theme in it. But also at the same time, we'll just pray, hold a space. And I I don't, at this point, don't even think about at all what's going to happen, you know, Mm -hmm. at all. do you
0: think that that's something that you have developed over over the time that you've been doing this Mm
1: -hmm. yeah for sure it's muscle and just getting uh more and more um strength and and trust with it you Mm -hmm. know something is always going to happen when we call upon them always you know i do think it's worth talking about um you know there's an evolution happening with spirituality The, the, the old model know it's kind of like by decades it feels like like the old model really is um someone presenting like i have a gift come to me and i'll share my gift with you which is fine the new model which i ascribe to is like okay here we are let's work together let's do let's have an experience together right now let's see what's happening right now and to very simply to connect and to indeed to do the work And to recognize that with that intention, with that authenticity, that something is always going to happen. Spirituality is is a little bit hard to do on our own. It Mm -hmm. it can be simple, but in terms of when there's the focus of a group and that we know we're holding space together, and on a most fundamental level, we're doing the same thing at the same time. And we're Mm -hmm. all going to have different experiences. The words might be the same that we're all hearing. And the... um, held space might be at the same time but we're going to have an individual experience with that mm. which once again is, is super interesting but it really does uh meet a fundamental need of releasing the mystery of life and getting to a space of cohesion and to mm. feel the connection that we have together and um with the guides
0: mm-hmm if you could talk about the last 16 months of the pandemic and what changes that you have seen over this time in in the work that you do
1: the the main thing that has happened last 16 months is that everyone's patterns changed and to contend with that has required it seems for us to innovate what has come from all that is a sense of prioritization that people know now what really matters to their lives and what doesn't um mm. and so seeing everyone's lives change and everyone having the same experience but having their own version of that experience so it's been witnessing the different waves almost months to month with it in terms of what's been happening and um one of the main themes with that also last 60 months has been leadership and allowing ourselves a space to lead in our lives even during a time where we're often being told what to do and there's you know 15 variations of what the truth is and to really come to a space where we um decide for ourselves like what feels right for us Mm -hmm. and mainly it's been to um very specifically what the angels have been keen on is that we really do a pretty major healing which is one of the major focuses in the health spaces that we do um substantial healing work so we're more available so it's seen um that with the spiritual work that we've been doing that that places us in a space of leadership that we're holding a different vibration that is inclusive and encouraging and at a time where people are fixated on differences, that ability to um, heal and to be able to have acceptance and to see what is actually happening and then um, hold space for ourselves and other people has been very, very important. What the angels have us talk about in the guides is peace and love and peace for everyone and unconditional love for everyone. So us doing that, holding that space and part of the work that we do is to say things out loud to say affirmations to release some things and to say affirmations and a lot of that is around peace and and love and um us saying that does impact the entire world and i think it's just seeing seeing that at play in different ways um everything i wished for personally intention-wise in the election happened um, which is great Um, We're not done by any means um, with solving problems in this country. But it's just seeing like, well, well, what what created what? You know? And just having, um, you know, being agenda-free but having intention and, you know, knowing that everyone on the planet wants peace and love. Our methods may be different. Our definition may be different of what peace and love looks like. But we could all join together in wanting peace and love. So in those ways like like big brush strokes as opposed to flying brush strokes that we do um impact the planet
0: mm-hmm.
1: it ripples and ripples and ripples
0: mm-hmm. you've also talked a lot about being your conscious adult self and in fact you have a a workshop coming up about that can you talk a little bit about what that is
1: yeah um i mentioned earlier that you know america is a super adolescent country and, um, you know, it's seeing which part of us actually can engage with spirituality on a very deep level and uh, get things done in that is the conscious adult self, the conscious adult part of ourselves. And if we could think of what it, what defines an adult, an adult is the aspect of us that gathers information and then makes informed choices based on that information. And it's not going to be reactive. It's going to be, um, going to make, once again, gather information and then, then make a choice. So it's seeing what that part of us can do, where it's going to um, not be fixated on um, getting stuck on things. It's going to be innovative in terms of what is information that's here, and that information can come through um, fact. it also can come through guidance and recognizing what is the highest good and having goals, having an intention and wanting things to change and then focusing on ourselves first and to create this wonderful evolution for ourselves where our foundation is very steady. Mm-hmm. And so, with that, then um, what is super helpful to be able to, like turning channels on the TV, is to really recognize the difference between the different aspects of ourselves. What does your child self sound like and look like? What does your adolescent self? sound like and look like. And we can really hear it. I think through language, like that, you know, where we get caught in a story or this or that, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and say, so like, Well, how does the adult talk? The main thing is this idea that everything is someone else's fault, kind of a lack of responsibility, a lack of um, the willingness to evolve, firstly, to take ownership of things. Right? And that's very prominent right now. That Everything is, is in a blame orient orientation mm-hmm. and um and that certainly there's there's no adult in that mm-hmm. at all um, but i do see the collective trauma um, of a of humanity which is mighty it's a lot of murder jesus was murdered joan of arc was murdered and we have all these wars and it's like this perpetual thing of, of killing 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 and why is killing okay like why why is that even remotely okay if we look at it from that point of view Edgar Tolley talks about that I think the power of now maybe the new a new earth but um talks about killing people is just crazy and um but this thing where there's kind of like a pinball thing happening here and it's definitely true in america where um we react and everything is reactive and it's seeing what it's like to um to drop out of that and the people we do admire And i think this is why i'm so keen to work with um master artists who are passed away let's say like david bowie or Maya Angelou, is that they, um, they're they mass communicators and they told the truth. And those two things that we, we instantly admire and recognize the truth, my big example of telling the truth is um, my aunt and my mother um, both like the Great American Songbook, they don't like popular music, they both know that Lady Gaga is completely authentic and they love her. They mm. just see it, they see it and hear it. So we know when people are telling the truth. And it's seeing where we've assigned that more to artists and such, as opposed to, let's say, political leaders and to ourselves. So it's seeing where there's so much to do right now in terms of our own evolution. And we're encountering right now this huge shift in um, everyone growing up, maybe we have to grow up, but especially with men. We're witnessing, in stark contrast, the presence of the old masculine aspect, which is shut up, I know better than you, don't question Mm -hmm. me. We're seeing that in, in, you know, great visibility right now, as opposed to the new divine masculine, which is a confidence that's inclusive and encouraging. And that is one of the main things that we're contending with here, is that evolution, Mm-hmm. Away from deferring power, giving over power to the old masculine, you know, and that's, we're witnessing that happening with some, um, you know, in great vivid detail. As opposed to what's it like to um, be so confident that you can encourage others? And to not point the finger. So that's mm-hmm. the evolutionary process that is here. And this is where it gets into. And this may sound like a division thing, and maybe it is at the moment, where who's leading and who's actually following? There's a whole lot of following happening right now. And perhaps it's a time for us to lead and to innovate and to recognize okay, my life has completely changed in the last 16 months. Who am I? You know, what would I like to have happen? And what's it like to reintegrate back into the world? Who am I who's going to represent themselves? So there's lots of different aspects to that.
0: You know, a lot of people would say that there is so much that needs to be healed. Just you know, like you you mentioned, you know, the you know, longstanding issues around gender being just one example, and also collective trauma that I think is related to, of course, ancestral trauma. Is it possible mm-hmm. that we can actually heal these patterns that have been so um, prevalent in our society at present and also so long standing, you know, held going back many, many generations?
1: Yes, we can. Um, to speak personally for a moment, you know, um, half of my heritage is Armenian and, you know, um, that part of the I mean, the heritage, they went through the genocide. And three of my grandmother's brothers were arrested in one day and shot the next mm-hmm. when she was six years old in 1915. And uh, that that trauma, that event, and everything that happened after that is all over my DNA. I didn't think it was, but it was, it's all over. And I, I, I'm contending with that to this day. It's recognizing that, but also seeing like how you could heal that. So it's created a hypervigilance. It's created um, fear of being targeted. It's created a hesitancy to be super visible. And in my awareness of that and directly addressing it, and the angels guided through that and um, very thoroughly, and they have a very specific technique that has evolved over the years of how to deal with it, which is to um, encounter all of your ancestors. But to see what's actually there And to, by my knowing what that trauma is, I could recognize it in my life, that Mm -hmm. that I could also then duplicate that in terms of working with clients or working in groups where we witness where those things are, where we're having uh, a belief system or an action or reaction based on trauma. And so it's in the identification of it that we could begin to really heal it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's complex in a certain way. It's also very very simple on another. Hmm.
0: I'm wondering what the angels say about this time, or what their perspective is as to what is has been happening um, in the times that we're living in, particularly the last six months, where we've seen so many really important and fundamental changes occurring mm-hmm.
1: um they are uniformly thrilled about <laughs> 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 they, uh, they they're just <laughs> thrilled and their response to us like when we talk about like what does it mean to be alive they're like oh my god you're alive you have free will you get to change things you know and they could help us out they could support us but really it's us in the flesh with voices who are um, manifesting a change and living you know better lives and you know not getting caught up in stories and such so that's just kind of thrilled and it's interesting if we look at you know this period of time, we, we are alive right now we're encountering a time when you know humanity makes the curve make, make, makes the change and um toward peace toward being unified it may not seem that way but we're heading that direction and why is all the ugliness of humanity is on the surface right now to be seen? There's some things that are murky, you know, greed and guns and all that stuff. But um, but really, we're seeing the hate that is present. And we can recognize that hate is based in care and trauma. And mm-hmm. we can feel that. So they're really thrilled with um, all the things that are happening and are happening quite rapidly. Mm-hmm. You know? So we could just keep affirming that everything that there is a uniform truth to what's happening that there is um you know what's it like if no one could lie you know if we get into a telepathic space and and you know intuitively we could feel a vibration people are not telling the truth and withholding the truth and what if that you know what if there was just no opportunity to withhold or to um deceive that's interesting mm-hmm. And let's just work off of that, that idea.
0: How do you maintain such a faithful and hopeful version and vision for the future?
1: Um, personally, I think it's because I've um, spent many decades of my life uh, being very cynical. And I saw the more and more I got into spirituality, I saw what I manifested through the cynicism, which things did not go well you know, and so it's where there's a practicality to it. Also, it's just, you know, coming back to something we talked about at the beginning, which is what do angels say? What do the angels talk about? They're not going like, Oh my God, you guys, what are you guys going to do? We messed up. They're not saying that. Like, Mm -hmm. let's work. Let's take a breath. Let's focus on love with the highest good that could happen right now. Let's take action towards that. So it really has been informed by recognizing Firsthand, the power of prayer, welcoming miracles, welcoming great things, and how good it feels to tune in, how good it feels to do that as a group, how good it Mm -hmm. feels to support each other and to um, allow the angels and the guides and the goddesses and the masters and such to um, have a place in our lives, to listen to them. Mm -hmm. They do, they all have very distinct voices, but they do have the same message which is let's let's focus on what we want to have happen let's not worry about anything that you don't want let's not let fear talk let's acknowledge that fear might exist let's not give power to fear let's very simply um, take action toward what we want and that in itself creates a great deal of faith and a great foundation of faith
0: Wow. Thank you. That's that's really true. Um, Certainly, I've experienced that from being in your meditations is that that sense of of hopefulness that comes with, I think, having other people hold that that higher vision together. So I think it's so interesting, and it's really made me trust your work a lot, that you have such a good sense of humor, And I'm wondering if you Mm -hmm. could talk a little bit about the relationship between humor and spirituality and spiritual connection. You you mentioned that, that, you know, Jesus is a really funny guy, which is not
1: how he's
0: often portrayed. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and the angels are funny. So if I'm going off of what they do, they're pretty funny, you know. And um, the lightness that comes, you know, we live in such an intense time and like, you know there's there's kind of three things here one something the angel has said for years we're already experts in our own pain we know what doesn't work let's so not linger there two how are we going to actually access this we're many of us come to this um work because you know let's say um different ways of doing faith doesn't work it's very, very rule oriented and such what's it like to actually do the work and connect in humorous part of our lives and um like I said, that's how they're communicating, which is lightheartedness. That we we could deal with very very deep subjects, but humor and lightness are around that, and it's it's like real life. It's like a checkoff play or Shakespeare play where there's a laugh next to something serious, you know. Mm. Um, and the third, which is um, Ram Dass, is a huge influence on me. I do almost nothing that he does, but there's been this. Um, It's it's an audio series which is on his website called Here We All Are, which is um, him doing a college tour after he came back from India, and it's the talks that became Be Here Now. And he, um, I love listening to those in terms of how he's communicating the information, which is a lot of humor. And I've also heard the talks right when he got back, and he's really strict, really dogmatic, and it's not landing. And with the humor, his Roy landing, also Michael Becklist and such different spiritual teachers, Rand Williamson tells a good joke, just seeing where, you know, um, how information gets across and learning that and coming from theater, um, which is my background, you know, learning where, um, you know, comedies can, you can have a great message in a comedy and people will get it while they're laughing. So it's also, it's just my nature. I, I, I like to, um, for things to be light, because life can be heavy. Mm-hmm. So it's all these different things combined, and it's not so much like my my intention, like I'm going to tell a joke now. It's not so much, but it's seeing where let's have a let's give a context with some lightness and some humor,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it mm-hmm. does go a long way.
0: Yeah. It does, and it's delightful. I love it when you, you when you translate for the fairies. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That is how they talk, like, oh, my God, Suzanne. <laughs> be- people are interested in connecting with you and knowing more about your work. Where can they go?
1: I would invite people to um, go to my website, Um, There's lots of material there. There's ways to connect. Um, the free health spaces will continue. There's opportunities to do that. There's also, like I mentioned, there's probably there's definitely over a hundred um, different audios. they're in video form, but um, recordings on YouTube. And that's a great. I, I do a client called Start Here, which is has short meditations and short guided experiences to clear, to remind you who you are, and to very simply and pragmatically connect you with with angels and do healing work. And so there's lots of things on YouTube um, as an access and a great starting place. And people are also welcome to come to, um, you know, I could do one-on-one sessions on Zoom or the phone. There's lots of different ways to connect. I do, you know, I would say if there's one thing to start with, go on YouTube and see see what's there and see what resonates with you. There's lots of different, different places to
0: be there. This is... The Shaman's Notebook, I'm Suzanne Legrand and I've been talking today to Mark Mesidorian, an intuitive, uh, medium, a teacher, a speaker to Archangels, Ascended Masters, Nature Spirits, David Bowie, and also a really powerful leader. I think you show us what leadership looks like in this new world that we're moving into. So thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: I am Suzanne Legrand and this is The Shaman's Notebook. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe in the link below or leave a comment. Thanks.